Hello, loyal listeners, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Irrational Thoughts, where you can get all of your political news and insight from your two favorite hosts. And today we're going to try something a little different. We're trying to experiment with a lot of different formats, see which one works best. And today we're just going to essentially ramble about a lot of different things, whatever essentially pops into our mind. This is like an off-the-cuff unscripted episode we did not do a whole lot of research for this episode because we really wanted to give you like a more raw visceral episode from emotion and i've been talking to a lot of people the last few days and they've been they've been telling me like oh if you do this podcast you know you you can't have bias and you you have to be more open to other people's point of views which which is true but at the end of the day like we're not journalists so we don't pretend to be journalists. So we, we are allowed to have biases, and I've made my biases very evident, a little bit more so than my uh, my co-host DeAndre has. And that being said, yes, I do have a bias. I completely acknowledge that when it comes to a variety of topics. But I also want you to understand that I also peruse a lot of sites and news sources that don't necessarily align with my worldview because I like to see how other people view different projects and points of view. So, like I said, we're not journalists, so I can have complete bias on this program because it, it is our program. I can I can say and have any kind of views I want, and I'm not beholden to anybody, and neither is DeAndre. So if you, if you don't like what we have to say in this program, you're more than welcome to let us know or not listen. That being said, it's going to be raw, it's going to be visceral, might get a little heated. Thanks for listening. So today, we've got a, a few different things that are on our minds, and the biggest elephant in the room, pun intended, would be Donald Trump. We have tried very hard the past few episodes to talk about this man as little as possible, but unfortunately, with Lion Ted and John Kasich dropping out of the race a couple weeks ago, uh, it, it pains me to say this, <laughs> but he's the presumptive Republican nominee. Like, like how did it... How did this happen? Like, like seriously, like this time, la- like he wasn't even running this time last year. But, like, how did this happen? Like, what, what, what happened, DeAndre? Like, can you, can you please try to explain to me? Like, I, I know what happened, but I just want to hear you tell me what happened. Like, how did this happen? You know, he basically just came out of the woodworks and he was just telling angry Republicans, particularly angry Republican men. Exactly what they wanted to hear. There, you know, he catered to their bigotry. Um, you know, they they wanted some guy who wasn't really all that PC, who didn't seem like he was part of the establishment. Um, everybody pretty much is is upset with the establishment, both Republicans and Democrats. Um, and then if you just look at everybody else who was on the stage, I mean, there was no comparison of the person who was at least the most unique. Even people who were, because this time last year, uh, you know. They were talking about uh, Rand Paul as the most interesting man in, in uh, Washington, but, you know, he basically went and tried to become a good party boy as well. 
Um, but then, it's specifically in the Republican field, then you have the frustration with Obama winning in 2012, when Republicans consider that to have been an easy victory. I mean, there's just so many things. I mean, we can go back and back and back and probably talk about this for days, but I think most 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 of what it is is just frustration with the establishment, with uh, the current people who are in politics, and it just seems like they don't want somebody who's part of the who's going to get the same old rhetoric without any real results for what they want. And another point I'd like to talk about with the rise of Trump is we've been hearing for a few years now that the rec- that the economy is, you know, quote doing better. They they keep telling us with the jobs reports every month that the, the economy is doing better. There's like minimal growth. But the economy may be doing better, but for these these people that are Trump supporters, these mostly white men. It's not all white men, but it's a majority white men. These are the people who have been left behind by the way the economy is going. Like the direction the economy is going, globalization, a tech-heavy economy is leaving those people behind. Like we we don't have the days anymore where uh, one person can work forty hours a week and you know have a home, sustain a family of four, send their kids off to college. Like that that dream is gone. Like those factory jobs that people relied on, those, those are gone. They're, they're shipped to Mexico, they're shipped to China. There are other places where they can make less money. And him coming in here and he's been exploiting that anxiety, that frustration from these people. Like make America great again. He's trying to say like, hey, I'm going to make it so you guys can make a lot of money again. And that is really what is resonating with these voters. Yeah, totally agree. Um I think another thing that we should take away from that is that when they do these reports and stuff like that, there's a couple of things that they don't really look at. They don't look at the number of people who aren't really, who just give it up, like they've been looking for a job for so long that they can't be on employment anymore, so they just give up looking for a job. And then it doesn't look at too, it doesn't do too much looking at how how well these jobs pay. Like, they, okay, so you brought back all these jobs and unemployment is at 5%, but those five those jobs that have come back since the um, collapse of 2007-2008 aren't, is, they're not as well-paying jobs as the ones beforehand where people were making, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, doing doing a job that they didn't, that didn't require to go to college. Now it's almost, you know, it's not impossible, but it's really hard to get those types of jobs now without having some type of bachelor's or master's degree under your belt as well. So I think that's part of the frustration as well is that you know, they're saying that things are getting better, but it doesn't feel or seem like anything's getting better for anybody who's not an extremely skilled or highly educated individual. Yeah, no, and that's a, com- that's a complaint I have as well. Like I don't, I mean, I was, things were so different for both of us eight years ago like we weren't even 28 years ago so like it's not even a comparison for us like but but for a lot of people a lot of people don't feel better off than they were when obama came into office and like not like obama can come in and just magically wave a wand and fix everything because that's not that's not how the economy works the president can't just wave a wand and be like this is what's going to happen abracadabra everything's fixed like that's not how that works so and then like he's exploiting that and to another degree bernie sanders is also exploiting that two people who are doing better than 
anybody expected. I mean, we both ate our shoe for, you know, I remember first, second episode, we were like, yeah, Marco Rubio's, Marco Rubio's got this wrapped up. I remember that. We, we had this conversation with a lot of people saying, like, there's no way Trump will be, they're not going to let Trump be the nominee. It's going to go to Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio's a good party boy. He's young. He's smart. He's good looking. It's going to be Marco Rubio. We were wrong. Everybody was wrong. Like, my God. Like, it's it's just it's just mind boggling to just imagine him as the nominee to be president to just oh my gosh I just oh I don't even know I don't even know yeah I remember when we were talking about it always all we could say was it's only a matter of time until he says something just so ridiculous just so asinine that people just have to like distance themselves from him. It or not be affiliated with that, and uh, that seems to be almost impossible unless he like deliberately talks about uh, doing some type of sexual violent act against somebody. Like I can't think of anything else that he could say because he said such atrocious things, and his posts have dropped. But he just seems to recover from it with such grace, mind you. I don't want to say that anything Donald Trump does is graceful, but uh, I have to give the man credit. He seems to be almost bulletproof when it comes to uh, politics and being able to dodge PC culture and whatever. I mean, for God's sakes, he was um, didn't disavow David Duke's endorsement of him. He just lied, saying he didn't know who David Duke was. David Duke, for uh, people who aren't familiar, he's a KK former KKK Grand Wizard, white supremacist. So he got an endorsement from white supremacists, and it was a public endorsement. Any other candidate would just be like, whoa, 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 like, I am not a white supremacist, like, I don't know, and then he's like, he says stuff like, oh, I don't know who David Duke is, uh, I don't know a lot, I gotta do some research about this before I make a comment on it, like, no, like, a white supremacist endorses you, you say, like, no, I'm not a white supremacist, but he doesn't, he disavows it, like, three days later, and he also said that, you know, I could shoot somebody in the middle of the street, my poll numbers wouldn't drop, you know what, I don't think he's lying, I think he could just go out and gun somebody down, and he'd be like, his poll numbers probably go up. Especially if he shot somebody who was a Muslim or Mexican at this point. Uh, oh my they gosh. would probably skyrocket at that point. Speaking of Muslims and Mexicans, I want to go back to um, something he said later earlier this week was um, that he said all everything that he says on the campaign trail is just a suggestion. Like, he's open to fixing things or working things out. So, like, he he backpedaled on his ban on Muslims coming into the country, but he did say that we need to, you know, fix the immigration system. And he's he's essentially backpedaling on everything he said, saying everything's up for suggestion, like not sticking to any of his core campaign principles. But nobody nobody seems to care. Like, they, they don't care that he will... The man doesn't have any conviction. Like, he's just saying whatever he wants to get to this position, and then he'll just do whatever he wants. Yeah, part of that probably has to do with um, the actual leaders of the Republican Party having to sit down with him. I'm assuming that when they sat down with him and said that we're going to give you this presumptive nomination without convincing anybody else to run their party against you, uh, they will get the rest of the Republican Party members in line, which is probably what happened to Paul Ryan. They were like, yeah, sorry, man, but you're going to have to get in line with Donald Trump because 
we come to an agreement that he's going to have to set some of our agendas. Um, on, he's going to have to put some of our agendas on the table in, in order to do so. You're going to have to probably get in line as well. Because, Seriously. I'm yeah, because last going. week he was, you know, he was not all about Donald Trump. He said, I'm not going to give him my endorsement. He has proved to me that he's a conservative. Uh, I'll sit down and meet with him, but that doesn't really mean that anything's going to change. I'll even step down from being on the stage uh, when he gets the nomination. So, I mean, those are some big words for him to say. I mean, at the moment, before Donald Trump, I mean, Paul Ryan was the Republican leader, at least in the House and the Senate. Because the, the Speaker of the House is not a, you know, not a little kid's world. You know, that's kind of a big deal in Washington. No, he's the highest ranking um, government official on the Republican side. He's two heartbeats away from being president. And to have him come out and say that he's not going to, he can't support Donald Trump is a blow to the party. But I guess my problem is, is like, if, if he was going to, like, he came, he came out uh, and he had that meeting on Thursday and he decided to, oh yeah, we had a very productive meeting and I'm ready to work with Trump and everything. Like, I would respect the man a lot more if he like stuck to his convictions because everything, Trump has been going off for 11 months and you know, he has said heinous things, horrible things, like John McCain's not a war hero, you know, making, like, period jokes at Megyn Kelly, you know, banning Muslims, calling Mexicans rapists, like, not disavowing white supremacists, like, I just can't, he, I can just go on with, like, all his rhetoric, he's nationalistic, he's xenophobic, and the, the, the Republican Party is just, like, Oh yeah, well, um, all right, like whatever. I guess we gotta, we gotta support him. Like, no, you don't have to. I mean, I, I know the voters have spoken, but you know they they can be wrong. Like people can be wrong. Yeah, but the, I mean, this is one of those things where, just to play a little bit of devil's advocate, it's one of those things right now where, you know, the people have spoken, but do we really want them to ignore what the people have spoken? I mean. I mean, me and you talked several times about how we hate the electoral college system because it's basically a system that allows high-ranking officials to actually decide to become president. If they did the same thing, wouldn't that be more or less what we hate about the electoral college system? Yeah, no, I I understand. I I want my cake, and I also want I want my cake, and I want to eat it too. It's it's one of those things where I just don't want Trump to be as far along as he is but at the same time i also want people's opinions to be heard and the voters have made they've made their decision and they they want donald trump they want this nationalistic xenophobic bigot who's you know i've called him a fascist before and i won't stop saying that I'm like he's a fascist yeah it's annoying because when you live when you live in a country where people are allowed to have freedom of speech it's annoying when people have, uh, when they have bad decisions and you can see it, but you don't really live in a free society if you don't allow people to have opinions who are different than yours, unfortunately. No, because, because then it comes down to if I, if like hypothetically we suppress people's opinions who we don't disagree with, like what's to stop them or someone else to, you know, suppress our speech when they feel like it's not appropriate. So it's like, it's a very fine line to draw. Right. The only thing is, is I hope that it doesn't get to the point where 
you know, we eventually elect a leader of some sort who, who does start doing the pressing, you know, because all it takes is one more, all it takes is a couple, bad, a series of unfortunate events in order for us to be so scared that we're, that we're willing to give up our freedom for security, which will eventually backfire on us. Well, speaking, about, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, speaking of uh, suppressing free speech, um, like at the Trump rallies, I don't think it was covered very much by the media or anybody in general, but he like had the media in like pens in the back, like a media onless only section. And they weren't allowed to talk to any of his rally people. Like he's already started to suppress, you know, press coverage at his events. I'm, I read somewhere, God, I need, I, I should have researched before we got it, but I, I remember reading somewhere that, they were filming somebody getting thrown out of a rally and the security person said like you're only allowed to have your cameras focused on mr trump and they watch them and if they deviate from trump at all boom camera's gone they're kicked out like like what what kind of message does that send like they, they're not allowed to film like the the protesters at his rallies where they're, they're allowed to protest, but, you know, if, if Trump runs the place out, he is allowed to kick them out. But, I mean, his rallies have gotten violent. I think people have forgotten how violent his rallies have been and how they treat people at these rallies who don't think like them. Like, I feel like that's been completely forgotten, and the way that his supporters act at these rallies should scare you. It should scare people. And he doesn't condemn it. He, at one point, he said, like, oh, I'll pay for your legal fees if you get in trouble. Like, you're encouraging that kind of behavior at that point. Right, yeah. I mean, this is the type of mindless, these are the type of mindless people that he wants supporting him. So these are, you know, not highly thinking people. You know, he talks about how he's going to do all this stuff for the economy against China, against Mexico, and whatever. I mean, the Chinese thing, all that's going to do is just increase the cost of everything for every American here. So that's not going to fix anything. He's not going to be able to do anything to get any of those high-paying factory jobs back here. Uh, I was reading a bunch of articles uh, from the Washington Street Journal about how all his tax plans of basically dropping the cost of, basically dropping the income tax for everybody uh, except for the rich, which I doubt that, um, would somehow fix the economy and then would pay off the entire United States uh, debt uh, in eight years somehow. I don't understand how he's going to, and then, but then he's also going to slowly cut off uh, welfare programs, slowly, not quickly. So we're talking like decades. So it, the math just doesn't add up. When they did the math, everything that he was talking about is just going to increase the debt by Ten trillion more dollars, but nobody seems nobody cares. You know, none of his supporters care about any of this information because this dude is on almost like a godlike level for them. Well, like, whatever I mean, he says is true. I've I've posted on the page multiple times, like his Politifact record, and seventy five percent of his statements are either false, mostly false, or pants on fire. And for, for context, like, pants on fire are claims that are so ridiculously outlandish that they're just, like, on a different level. And he has, like, it's just ridiculous, like, how many, like, this election cycle has proven and shown that the truth and facts don't matter to people. 
like on both sides, like on for, for Bernie supporters, Hillary supporters or Trump supporters, like facts don't matter to them. Like they don't care, especially when it comes to Donald Trump, especially when it comes to Donald Trump. They don't care about like this is what the evidence says because they are already super skeptical of these people that they don't want to believe what they say. So, like, when you say, like, oh, Trump lied about this, and they're like, no, you're wrong. Like, no, like, I have proof right here. Like, they don't care. Like, they, they just don't care. Yeah. I mean, the entire process has been changed from a system of where, God, I guess I just don't even know enough about that to understand that. But the process just seems to be very, like, it's, it's more like entertainment than it is, like, a political thing going on. Like, it's a political system. Because, I mean, you watch these debates, and it's like, when you see them coming in, they show the stats. It's like football highlights and stuff. And it's like a coming back from commercial break from watching the Super Bowl or whatever. You know, the music's all playing with its loud bass and whatever. I mean, the whole system, it's almost more like a reality TV, like sports entertainment package than it is an actual political commentary or debate. You know, I mean, these, these, these news companies, they can easily, while these uh, candidates are on stage, easily... Uh, talk, put at the bottom just telling how wrong or right they are about something, but they refuse to do so because it's just entertainment. They're not going to get ratings. Yeah, the campaign zone also want, also don't want that either. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure you do you do one debate like that, and oh, excuse me, I'm pretty sure you do one debate like that, and let's say hypothetically it's Clinton versus Sanders and. Hillary Clinton will just say, like, no, I don't want to be fact-checked. If I'm going to be fact-checked, I'm not getting on stage. And they will buckle for her because they want that money. They want those ratings. And I'm glad that you brought up the entertainment thing because, like, Trump is, you know, he's famous for being on The Apprentice. And before that, he was a, you know, businessman. But he's pretty much exploited the, like, reality show style of our politics like let, let's get real serious deandre like this stuff is boring like like following politics is really really boring and it should be boring because it's boring old people you know doing laws and doing things that are just like it's it, it's just boring stuff like it, it shouldn't be fun to to cover or do any of this stuff and sometimes i feel like i have too much fun doing this because of how ridiculous these candidates are. Like it, it shouldn't. This this honestly shouldn't be fun. No, you're right. It should be. It is boring when you follow it. Like I'm bored at the office most of the day reading the stuff, and even reading, even just sitting in that room is is more entertaining and more entertaining than watching or reading any of these articles online. So yeah, it is pretty boring. I mean, yeah. You read some stuff about Ted Cruz, and then you start to have a little bit more fun. But uh, yeah, it's boring. It's boring. Uh, I don't know if it'd be more fun if younger people were doing it. Probably not. Uh, but then, I guess that they did have to find a way to get people involved for ratings and stuff like that. But I don't know if that it should be taken to the extreme that it is right now, where you know we're allowing these people to say pretty much whatever they want. We're not fact checking them and I don't know, man. I guess I don't know what the solution is at this point for something like this. Uh, I'm not entirely sure where to go with that because you want to get people involved, so you want to make it entertaining. But 
but then at the same time you don't but then you know it's like a catch twenty two where eventually it's just gonna it's gonna get out of control and you're not gonna get the outcome that you were looking for, which is a more educated, more informed populace. No, I think people are getting involved in this cycle for all the wrong reasons. I think like 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 Trump has shown he gets he's gotten nonstop media coverage for almost a year now. And it's essentially so that someone can catch him say the next, like, oh my gosh, like, the next thing that's going to run for the next two days. Like, everybody wants to catch that. They want to have, like, he's allowed to call into these these shows that normally don't allow people to get called in. Like, you have to come in and they have to see you and t- sit down with you and talk to you face to face. But he's allowed to just, just, just call in and talk and just no, no one hold his feet to the fire. I think that's part of the problem. But like you said, I don't know. I don't know how you get people more involved in this process. Yeah, and I like that you brought up that for two days because it does seem to be that you know our system, the way we have things. I mean, when something happens, everybody's all over it for about two days. Like we are all about it. People, are, tragic events happen. People are changing their Facebook profile pics. Uh, the first 48 hours, but then after that, it just, there's like a massive drop where it just goes down, and then nobody seems to care or follow it anymore, so if it's not, you don't bring anything new or exciting to it, then people forget about it, and I guess that's part of the thing, that's one of the things that Donald Trump understands, is that he always has to be doing and saying something extreme to keep people's attention, because otherwise, he'll just he would have just fell out, you know, he would have just disappeared like everybody else, but he understood that he has to stay entertaining at all times in order to keep people's attention. That's why he's always doing something crazy or probably saying something crazy, so that way he's always getting this media coverage. Yeah, whether he actually believes it or not, like, I think you hit the nail right on the head. He's, he knows how to work the public, he knows how to work the media, so, and that's what he's doing. And it's it's worked really well for him. Whether my my problem is with him now at this point is I really don't think that Donald Trump believes a lot of the stuff that comes out of his mouth. I I really don't think he believes a lot of that stuff. And I would be okay with that. I really wouldn't. But the fact that like the, the his rhetoric. Like what he said, it has made it acceptable for people to be anti-immigrant, Islamophobic, nationalistic, xenophobic, and racist. Like he's made it okay for people to act and behave that way and to treat other people like crap. Whether he believes it or not, I think it's, it's, it's horrible that he's made that kind of behavior and thinking acceptable. Right. Yeah, I had a guy I was hoping I was talking to one time and he was talking to me about Amazon and about how he needed to refund something from Amazon. He needed to call them. I don't understand why he didn't send email them because Amazon is really amazing, but whatever. Uh it was his prime membership. He needed to get a refund for it because he didn't want it or he didn't authorize it or whatever. And he said that he called down and he told the person who picked up the phone uh that he is a racist and that he does, he would never want to speak to any of these all types of derogatory words, and that he needs to speak to some, he needs to speak to a white person right now. Okay, 
that I mean that there's probably I don't know if there's a connection to Donald Trump or not, but the fact that that even went on is absolutely ridiculous. If you just wanted to speak to somebody whose first language was English, all you got to ask for is those customer service lines will easily give you somebody who will help you who speaks whose first language is English. It doesn't you don't have to go through this absolutely ridiculous rhetoric in order to make it happen. And again, I mean, I don't know if there's a connection. I don't know what the guy's political leanings is. But it, but he 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 was saying it to me like it was okay, like looking at me for like approval, like I was gonna be like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what you were supposed to say in order to get somebody. Like, no, that's totally not okay for you to say that type of stuff to people, especially especially if somebody's trying to do something with a second language that you sound like you have a hard time doing with with it being your first language. No, that's completely unacceptable. Like I don't. I mean, don't get me wrong, sometimes it is hard to understand those people, but you just, they're, they're just trying to do their job, and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm understanding, it's just, I don't, I mean, you're always gonna have racist douchebags out there, it's, it's always, but it just, it just seems like it's getting worse, like, the Islamophobia is even worse now we've talked about this on previous episodes about how like anti-muslim rhetoric has gotten worse and there's 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 not a whole lot we can do except for just just call it out for what it is it's just racism right which is really weird considering that muslims being a muslim isn't a race so i don't know exactly how you would want to categorize that though uh yeah, bigotry, Islamophobia, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, for the most part, most people who are Muslim are of dark complexion, so to some extent it is racism. But, I mean, this is the type of... This is what happens when you have, like, a 15-year war without any real results against an entire ideology that you're going to get people who hate stuff like that. I mean, gosh, I mean... Everybody's blaming Islam and everything for it, but for the most part, Islam is a is a religion of peace. Uh, it has some violence in its book as well, but so does the Bible. So that doesn't really mean that it's more or less violent than than Christianity. Uh, but I mean, we're at war with ideology. We're at war with a tactic. So there's no way we're gonna win. The only thing we can do is just be angry all the time. No, just a. <clears throat> There's a lot of people who make money on this war on terror, and it's not you or me or a majority of the taxpayers. No, not at all. Um, is there another thing that you want to go over with Trump? No, no, I'm I'm done talking about him today. Uh, well, the next thing that we wanted to move on to was, uh, we're not going to stay much time on it. We're kind of using it more as a segue. Um is this um, nuclear nuclear power company uh, called Exxon um, that is threatening to take away two two nuclear power plants away from Illinois, um, which could potentially put 1,500 people unemployed. Um, the reason why we wanted to bring this up is um, this is, a, this is a great example, at least I thought it was a great example, and I know Matt agreed with me, of how capitalism has been hijacked. And this is a great example of crony capitalism, and it shows that the actual system isn't working because companies are buying out politicians. What 
What Exxon is threatening to do is close these power plants unless the taxpayers or the government of Illinois promises to push for legislation that will give this company hundreds of billions of dollars to support its nuclear power business and its solar business, or otherwise they're going to close the business down and lay off all these employees. Uh, and, and then in the meantime, also, if this does go through, uh, energy bills for everybody, for all the residents, will go up as well. So give me what your take on that is. Uh, it's a kind of a bunch of bullshit to not put it uh, to put it in plain English. Like like you you sent me that link, told me to check it out, and I was I was a good boy and I checked it out. Sometimes people send me links and I'm just like yeah yeah I'll get to it and I don't. But I actually read it and I'm like, this is good. Let's post it on the page. Let's talk about this. And like like you said, it is businesses. This is not. The only business that does it, but this is a business who is strong-arming a, a state government to give them money to stay in business. Like, hey, we're we're running out of money. We need money to stay in business. Like, do it or 1,500 people are going to be out of a job. And it's just... Like, 1,500 jobs, is it doesn't seem like a lot, but for that, that congressman in that district who's up for a re-election... He's probably going to push for this really hard because you know you lose fifteen hundred jobs, like you're probably going to lose your job too. Like you're going to you're up for re-election, they're going to vote you out. So they're they're using this to apply pressure to get taxpayers to bail them out. Which, if you're a private company and you're getting bailed out by the government, like I'm not a fan of that at all. And then, I mean, this is just one example, but this is going on all over. Especially with like oil, Monsanto, uh, other businesses, they just these corporate subsidies. This is exactly why people don't trust the government, don't trust big business, because big business is strong arming the government to keep them in place. Where in real capitalism, if you can, if you're a business and you cannot, if you cannot provide a product at a cost that consumers are willing to buy, then you should be out of business. I'm sorry, but. That's the way it is. Uh, will these people, if if this were to happen and these people lost their jobs, what would happen is ideally what would happen is that somebody else would come across and multiple people, excuse me, would come across and start businesses and for them and kind of try to pick up where this company disappeared. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know how big Exxon is. I don't know if they're in multiple states or not. So I don't know if there'll be a type of business who would go completely bankrupt. But they're basically strong arming the government to keep them in, in Illinois, at least. But, I mean, but then you hear about people how, you know, you got people like Bernie Sanders who wants to use the, tank, the same money that, the, you know, this district is trying, I mean, uh, this company is trying to strong arm the government towards, like, public education or, or higher education. And people hate the idea, but you don't really get a lot of news on how businesses do the same thing for themselves. Yeah, no, I mean, these businesses are pretty much, they, they don't give a damn about us. They are interested in keeping their shareholders happy, and it's okay for them to, it's not okay, but people people will say it's okay for them to get these subsidies and get these bailouts, which is ridiculous because that's taxpayer money, but you, 
throw out the idea of raising your taxes a little bit or using any kind of money to like help help students with student loans, you know, make college more affordable, any any public service, honestly, anything. People just absolutely lose their minds. They they just lose their minds. I didn't see anybody really complaining when the auto industry got bailed out. Auto industry, the big banks, uh, that was the insurance companies. I mean, that was absolutely ridiculous for making bad, for making bad investments. I mean, the mor- mortgage companies. Where was the bailout? Where was the bailout for the homeowners who bought these bad mortgages? That they were lied to about these mortgages. Where's the bailout for those homeowners? They just lost their homes. Where is the bailout for these students with thousands upon thousands of dollars of student debt and can't find a decent paying job to pay off their student debt with exorbitant interest rates? Where's their bailout? Nope, there isn't one because you know what? This is the United Corporations of America. That's that's who this country works for it works for the one percenters and the corporations and big business that's who it works for it doesn't work for you and that is why people like donald trump and bernie sanders are doing so well because people are upset they're pissed off that their government isn't doing anything to help them out but all these big one percenters ceos and business owners are doing just fine right one of the ceo i can't remember which one it was one of the ceos of one of the uh the auto industry, I can't remember if it was GM or um, I don't remember which one it was, but the next day after they got the bailout, he went on a he went on a vacation to like one of his private resorts or something like that. This is that stuff. This is the stuff that people hate uh, with big businesses that they're able to strong arm the the government and then they just go back to doing whatever they want, living these luxurious lives when the person should not have had a job. This company was bought was bankrupt basically. And got the money for this, got the bailout for their bad investments, and was able to go and and do all types of crazy stuff, like stuff that needs me or you or probably nobody within a couple miles of me could do could do off the income that they have. No, it's ridiculous. And then, like, like I said, people wonder why everyone's so upset and why Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump is doing so well. But I want, uh, I think this would be a good moment to segue for a a minute into talk about bernie sanders for a few minutes this is the 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 subject we just talked about is the reason why bernie is doing so well among younger people like we haven't seen government work for us we've seen these bailouts of companies we have this exorbitant amount of student debt like there's no there's no bailout for younger millennials who are saddled with a lot of debt and bernie's coming in saying hey i'm gonna like stop giving these corporations subsidies i'm gonna stop bailing them out and i'm actually gonna help you guys out whether it actually happens or not like that's a message that resonates with people our age right that's the system's not working toward working for us like you said um people are upset uh people you know a lot of these millennials watch their parents lose their job lose their homes uh, with those bad investments that banks were making and investment companies were making. So people are upset about stuff like that. But, uh, I mean, I don't know, man. The the system is ra- is so highly rigged against Bernie Sanders that I just don't see it happening. I know he just he won, uh, what was it, West Virginia recently. 
but I think mathematically it's 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 nigh impossible for him to be able to come back and and pull through at this point. No, I I agree. It is, it's almost impossible for him to win at this point. Which, but I mean, I am. He's done. He's done a lot. Like he has gotten people our age excited about voting, excited about politics, and that's to be commended. And he's a man who's stuck to his beliefs, and he has had you know political integrity throughout his entire career. And I I respect that a lot. Hopefully, it, like hopefully, it's one of those things where long, where short term, you know, nothing really happens, but long term, it gets people our age, millennial, more and more involved in politics to where. When the next four-year election cycle comes up, uh, we can actually get things to go the way that we would need it for our benefit, whereas everything at this point is going towards the benefit of the boomers at the moment. No, for sure. No, I agree. I'm sure the next the next ten years will be there's going to be a lot of changes coming. Right. I mean, and not like, and not everyone's not everyone's going to like it. No, no, not everybody's gonna not everybody's gonna like it at all. Who knows what's going to happen in the next decade? But yeah, we um, we're on Facebook, Rational Thoughts. Um, you can find us on iTunes. Just uh, search Rational Thoughts podcast. Please give us a review. Let us know how you're doing, how we're doing. I'm sorry. Let's us know what what you like and what we can fix, and. I'll I'll be posting. I've I've been pretty bad with the live videos the past couple of weeks, and I, I apologize on that. But I'll I'll try to get back into that this week and keep you guys updated on some things we have coming up down in the pipeline. So yeah, stay tuned and thanks for listening.